Welcome to another place in time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hey everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive, episode number 12. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your ho- other host, Cheryl Riches. <laughs> We only practically went 12, 12 <laughs> episodes. You think you'd have this down? Maybe 13 is the good number. Oh my God. <laughs> like I can see still tweaking a couple of things here or there, but the opening, come on woman. Okay. I forgot my name. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> yeah, Cause you, you haven't had that for very long anyways, right? <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Did you say the name of our podcast? I did say the name of our podcast. I did my part correctly. (laughs) I'm not the one that drinks before a podcast. I'm going to have seven drinks, and I'm going to take one to the podcast, and I'm I'm going to be sensational. You make me sound like I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I am not. You're not? No. What, what's, your, what's your definition of an Listen, alcoholic? This is my second drink since last weekend when we did our podcast. And why is that? Why is what? Why is that? <laughs> tell the truth. Why is that the only? Why? Why? Why is it only your second drink, honey? <laughs> because a stupid doctor. That's right. Because a doctor. Diet. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> it would not be your second drink. However it is. And why did the doctor put you on a restrictive diet, honey? <laughs> because I have stomach issues. Yes. <laughs> it's not because I'm an alcoholic. No, no. <laughs> but she wanted you to take alcohol out of the equation. <laughs> but she also wanted me to take out corn and wheat and potatoes. So, I mean. <laughs> All the things that make alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but not gin. Gin is made up from juniper berries. Yeah, you're allowed to have gin. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the only thing that I ever drink once in a <laughs> once in a blue moon. It's a good thing I had a bottle. Good thing. <laughs> or you'd be done. Well, I figured out today I could probably have rum too. <laughs> well, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so the doctor takes you off of alcohol uh-huh. to help your stomach. You're uh-huh. not an alcoholic, uh-huh. but yet you Google the crap out of everything <laughs> to see what you can drink. Well, I need it for my. I'm just what, would it, what would happen? You would say, "Do you have your drink?" And I'd be like, "No." <laughs> have my drink or I have so I can say yes I have my drink well it doesn't have to be like alcohol drink you could be like yes I have a drink of water right that here. doesn't count oh <laughs> anyways <laughs> it's how you survive with the cold oh like the cold outside yes the cold outside the weather I hate it I hate it so very much it got cold yesterday yes so it dropped down I think it was minus 26 with the wind chill out here um Saturday morning yeah, don't I don't I don't know because I got to sleep in while somebody went to work. Yeah, somebody else had to get up at 4 a.m. drag her butt into work. And now they're talking about having the first snowmageddon, our big snow, big big snowfall is supposed, Ooh, uh, supposed to. I'm so excited. Yeah, Can you hear the excitement? They call for this every year and it never happens. So I'm kind of excited to see if it happens. That's true. But it never does. Anyways, you got a story ready for us? I do. All right. So you got a story? I have a story. <laughs> you have a drink? I have a drink. <laughs> Let her rip potato chip. <laughs> okay. This week, I'm going to tell you about Tika Adams. Tika. Tika. It's a cute name. She's a really cute lady, actually. So in December 2009, Tika is living in Washington, D.C., but she finds herself living on the streets. 
she says that at this point in her life, she was living a very rough life. She was rebellious and she didn't want to abide by anybody's rules. Go Tika. Yeah, <laughs> except she finds out that she's pregnant. So the point of this story, at the point in this story, she's seven and a half months pregnant and she knows that she has to get her life together. So she moves into a shelter and she's making a startup, like she's trying to make a new home for her and her baby. And she finds a man that she falls in love with and they get married. Tika starts receiving phone calls from an unknown number. When she answers the phone, a lady introduces herself as Stephanie. She seems nice and soft-spoken, and she tells Tika that she works for a program that helps out pregnant women in need. She tells Tika that they have a storage area where they keep clothes and car seats and other baby needs, and she can come pick out the things that she'll need for her baby. So, understandably, Tika is pretty excited about this, right? Like, she's trying to get her shit together and... Well, absolutely. You know, especially if you can get some free stuff to help kids out and stuff. I mean, if you're in that situation, right? right. Kids are, I think the, I read somewhere one time that you have to have at least, or they say you should have at least $10,000 in your account before you even start thinking about right. having children, Right. which means you and, and I should have never had children. There are programs out there that actually take care of pregnant mothers and do that sort of thing. Right. But. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, but her husband is skeptical and he says, don't rush into anything. You don't know this lady. You have no idea what's going on. Just be careful. But Tika's like, you worry too much, right? Yeah. Like you say to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming that the the husband is working, like they are starting to get some money together and, and put some stuff down. Like they're not married and living on the street, are they? They're married and I think they're living in the shelter at this point, but they're working to get out of the shelter. Like they are, like they're trying to get things together, so... Um, yeah, they're, they're working on it. So Tika makes arrangements to meet Stephanie outside of the shelter. And she says that Stephanie is super nice. She looks to be about 35 years old. And in the car ride, they're talking and everything seems to be going on. Okay, hold it. Brakes on. My whole brain just did a quick flick, flash forward shit. Are they ripping the baby out of her? Because if they are, we're stopping your story right now. <laughs> you just listen to the story. Stop trying to <laughs> Oh, <guess>. come on. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> jesus why <laughs> so and why do i think people are so bad that that comes into my head naturally i, I don't know because it took it really shocked me so <laughs> oh. so stephanie drives tika to her apartment claiming that there's something there she has to take care of before going to the warehouse to go and pick out all these wonderful things right i'm and not listening anymore <laughs> She asked Tika to take a seat in her unfurnished bedroom. So the bedroom has a mattress on the floor and that's it. Like, I don't know. This is, might be where alarm bells should have started going off, right? I have a storage house. I'm going to give (laughs) you all these wonderful things. I can't afford anything for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but Tika is still hopeful and she gets comfortable and Stephanie turns on a movie. And Tika is watching this movie, which... I don't know what Stephanie said that she had to take care of or whatever, but at some point during the movie, Tika's husband calls and asks where she is. And Tika realizes that she actually has no idea where she is. And so she just tells her husband, I'm fine. (laughs) Right? Like, don't worry about me. I'm fine. So the movie's over and Stephanie comes in and she puts on another movie. (laughs) Well, because she's just there for a couple seconds to pick something up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then suddenly... And that's not when Tika would have thought, huh, we just finished a movie. But Right. But also, what is she going to do about it? Like, I guess she could have 
walked I, out. I guess. She obviously had a phone, maybe call the police, get them to track yeah, her number. She could have walked out, I guess. But I don't know. I think she's still really hopeful that this is all still legit. I don't know. Anyways, Stephanie comes up behind Tika and throws a heavy quilt over her head and starts beating Tika over the head with a heavy, heavy metal object. Tika says she hit her about 10 times. So Tika jumps up and she puts her hands up like in front of her face to protect herself. And then all she can see is blood. And the only thing that's running through her mind right now is I have to go. I have to get out of here. So she starts running towards the door. But when she gets to the door, it has the bolt lock, the chain lock and the door handle all locked. So while she's trying to fumble with all of those things, Stephanie catches up to her. And Tika, don't forget, is seven and a half months pregnant, and she's a petite girl to begin with. Oh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah. And she's wrestling this woman that Tika figures is about 215 pounds, and there's blood everywhere. It's running in her eyes, and it's burning her eyes, and her head is pounding because she's just been beaten over the head. And Stephanie's trying to choke her, and she's covering Tika's mouth, and Tika is just trying to fight her off as best as she can. Now, not to take Stephanie's side here, but she never heard of chloroform where you just sneak up behind it, put it over them, they go to sleep. But would that do something to the baby if she wanted the baby? I don't know. I don't know either. You think beating somebody and getting her to run and <laughs> yeah, all this stuff's going to be that's good true. for the baby? That's true. I Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Stephanie isn't in her right mind. Oh, no. She's, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. she's perfectly yeah. in her right mind. All normal people throw a quilt over somebody and beat the snot yeah, over Yeah, a pan. very pregnant lady's head. Yeah, so that's normal. I see it on the street every day walking <laughs> in our town. I don't, what do you mean that's not normal? So suddenly Stephanie grabs a fireplace poker and she's swinging it at Tika. <sighs> yeah, Tika figures that Stephanie hit her with this fireplace poker almost 40 times until she passes out. So a couple of minutes later, Tika wakes up to feeling Stephanie grab her by the ankles and she starts dragging her towards the kitchen. And Tika can hear her rattling around in the kitchen looking for something. Yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie kneels do down. Do you really think <laughs> yeah. that our listeners want to hear this? <laughs> they do. This is this is why they tune in to hear epic survival stories. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed hearing this. Why won't they? Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Stephanie kneels down next to Tika, and Tika feels a sharp pain in her side. And when Tika looks over, she can see that Stephanie has a box cutter in her hands. Of course she does. Yeah. So now she's bleeding even more. Stephanie rolls off Tika and lays on the ground and starts praying. She's praying forgiveness from God, saying, please forgive me, whatever. And Tika has absolutely no energy at this point, and she's just laying there. And Stephanie suddenly gets up and, tr and starts trying to clean up all the blood. So she's got like all these towels and she's scrubbing the house and she's trying to get rid of all the blood and Tika's just laying on the kitchen floor. Stephanie then kneels down next to Tika and says, can you get up? Tika says, no, I don't think I can. I'm in a lot of pain and I don't think I can move. So Stephanie says, well, I'm going to help you. And Stephanie carries Tika back to the bedroom and lays her on the mattress in the floor. Tika is still bleeding everywhere. But eventually it slows down and stops. And Stephanie grabs Tika's phone and turns it off. Tika kind of starts like humanizing herself. You know how people do with their attackers to try to get them to back off or whatever. And she's talking to her, like asking about her kids and then saying that, 
if she let her go, she will she won't tell anybody what happened because she doesn't believe in separating parents from her kids. Stephanie doesn't say anything. She just keeps passing, pacing back and forth on the floor, but Tika can tell that the conversation is starting to get to her. Stephanie puts on more movies. This girl is a real movie buff, and eventually Tika falls asleep. The next day, Tika wakes up and Stephanie is pacing the floor again. Tika says to Stephanie, why don't you just kill me? I can't do anything. I can't move. There's no point in you holding me. And Stephanie says, I've got to get out of here. I've got to find a way to get out of here. And Tika realizes that Stephanie is not going to kill her. And keeping her, the only thing that's keeping her there is Tika because Tika knows where she lives, what she drives, what she looks like, and she's got phone records, right? So Stephanie has obviously come to her senses a little bit and knows she's in big trouble and doesn't know how to get out of it. Um, and she just lays there like more movies, more time goes by until three nights pass. And then the next morning, Stephanie comes into the room with a metal bowl full of ice with a rag in it. And then she's got another rag on her shoulder and like six towels. Not a good sign. Right. I'm not talking. <laughs> you should. That's part of like your job right now. No, it's not my job. I'm not talking. <laughs> yeah. I stopped listening. I told you that. <laughs> if people could see me right now, they know how disgusted I am right now. <laughs> I'm telling amazing survival stories. You know she survives. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> Stephanie has two box cutters, a pair of scissors, and a knife. And Stephanie ties Tika's hands and wraps her face with duct tape. So the only thing that she's got out is her nose, right? So she can still breathe out of her nose. And Stephanie just starts cutting. She starts hacking away and trying to cut the baby out of, out of Tika. And Tika can feel everything. And Tika is weak from blood loss and can't do anything about it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, You know what? I get that it's great survival stories and yay for them. But it makes me lose faith in humanity at the same time. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't even, like, like, how how would you, obviously, she's going to be screaming and in pain, and you'd be able to see it in her eyes, and she just keeps, yeah, she just keeps going. I don't know. I would, people wouldn't do that to an animal, right? Like, no. Yeah. Like, when we go hunting, if I go hunting and stuff like that, and there's an animal that's out there that's wounded, like, we track it, and we make sure that it's yeah. done, and I mean, you don't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Stephanie would work away on cutting the baby out for a little while and then she'd go into the living room and she'd talk on the phone and then she'd come back and start all over again. And then at times, I don't know if Stephanie was afraid she was going to cut the baby or what. This part's not good. But she actually started using her fingernails and her, and her fingers to pry at, at Tika's skin and tissue to try to get the baby out. Where's the husband through all this too? Has he not called the well, police? Well, I was wondering not... that too, but even if he had called the police he's in a shelter are the police really going to take him seriously or be like well yeah she took off i don't yeah, I, I, I guess i don't know it's not that it's right but it it might be what have ha what happened um at one point tika cuts or sorry stephanie cuts tika's bladder and she thinks that she's actually broken the water when when the urine comes out she thinks that she's broken the water and she says to Tika, I've already cut the the water sack, so all I've got to do is reach in and grab the baby. Do you want me to do that right now, or do you want to go to sleep? And Tika says, 
I'm in a lot of pain and I can't take it. Can we take a break? So Stephanie agrees. And Tika passes out again. When she wakes up again, it's the, the fourth night and it's dark and there's a nightlight on and Tika can see that Stephanie is sleeping on the ground next to her. And that if Tika was to try to make a run for it, she's actually going to have to step over top of Stephanie like to get to the door. So Tika rolls onto her side and she's watching Stephanie to see if she would wake up like when she starts making noises like stirring noises, but Stephanie still keeps sleeping. So Tika starts praying for the strength to stand up because she knows if she can stand up, she can escape and she manages to stand up. And now she has to step over top of Stephanie to get out. And as Tika steps over Stephanie, some blood drips on her. So she freezes thinking that's it. She's going to feel that. She's going to wake up. I'm a goner, right? But she didn't. She just kept sleeping. It gets worse. <laughs> just get ready. Tika is sneaking out of the apartment. When she gets to the middle of the hallway, her insides just fall out of her. All of, like, her stomach, her intestines, everything. Okay, we don't have to tell all that. You know what I mean? You could say that there was some, like, really bad bleeding yeah. and stuff. We don't have to make it that graphic. <laughs> So she pushes it all back in and she gets to the door and she starts unlocking the door as quietly as she can. And when she opened it, the door creaked. So she stops for a second and then she squeezes through the, the smallest crack that she can squeeze through and she gets outside of the apartment and now she's screaming for help and she starts knocking on doors, but nobody's answering. So she gets to the stairway and she starts getting down the stairs and she collapses. Stephanie now is awake and she comes out of the apartment and finds Tika lying in the stairway. She gets behind Tika and loops her arms under Tika's arms to try to lift her up. But Tika is fighting and kicking and biting. And finally, this guy sees what's going on and he comes running over and asks what's going on. And Tika is screaming, help me, help me. She's trying to kill me. But Stephanie says that Tika is delusional and crazy and that she's in charge of taking care of her. Okay. You're wondering why he didn't see what was going on, right? She had a navy blue shirt on. So the blood, that all of that blood, you couldn't see it because it was just blending in with the shirt. So Tika lifts her shirt up to show this guy and he's like, oh my God, I'm calling the police. So he runs up the stairs to his apartment to call the police. And Stephanie looks at Tika like, I should have killed you and runs away. Emergency services arrive and ask, ma'am, are you hurt? And Tika says, yes. And she says, where? And the emergency says, services says, where? Again, the Navy shirt, right? Tika says, I have cuts in my abdomen and I've been beaten in the head. And then she lifts her shirt and it, she says that the emergency guy looked like he was about to throw up. So she's rushed to the hospital and into surgery. And when she wakes up, the first thing she asks is, what about my baby? Is my baby okay? And her husband's sitting there. A nurse comes into the room and says, you gave birth to an eight pound, two ounce healthy baby girl. So I guess the baby was um, like as high up in the womb as it could go. I don't know if it like, it sensed there was danger. I don't know if the human body does that sort of thing or whatever, but it was right at the top of her womb. So she didn't get hurt. <laughs> Are you starting to cry while telling the story? <laughs> it's, it's a pretty crazy intense story, right? So um tika names her baby miracle because that's what she was she was a little baby miracle um 
Stephanie's name was not act. Her name was not actually Stephanie. It was Veronica Dramas, and she turned herself in later that day. Tika went to the preliminary trial and even brought Miracle with her. She didn't have to testify, but she wanted Veronica to see that despite everything she had put her through, she survived and she had her baby at her side. Good for her. Yeah. Veronica pleaded guilty to assault and was sentenced to 25 years in jail. Did they ever explain, does it, sorry, maybe you're going to get to why she was doing it? Um, I don't think it does, but I did a little bit of research into this sort of thing. Um, Because I thought, is this a one-of incident? But it's not. Like, it's really rare, obviously, but there have been 18 cases in the U.S. since 1983 where the abductor is like trying to cut a baby out of a woman and take it. Jesus. Yeah. And it says many times the abductor will have like faked a pregnancy for nine months. And then everybody's like, okay, where's the baby? And now there's, it's, they're panicking because they don't have a baby. So that's what they'll do. They'll kidnap somebody and try to cut their baby out and take it as their own. Wow. And there's actually a term for it. It is called fetal abduction. Yeah, so that's... That's sad enough that it's happened enough times that there's a term <laughs> right. for it. Right, that's, that's why I mentioned that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so Tika and her family now live in an apartment in D.C., and Tika says that she survived because she was coming to a point in her life where she was starting to love herself and respect herself, and because God takes care of babies and fools, and at that time she had a baby and she was a fool, so... That is the miraculous story of Miracle and her mom, Tika. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she survived. I'm, I'm, I always look forward to your happy go lucky <laughs> stories of survival. <laughs> but now you know. <laughs> but Fetal now abduction I know. is a thing. <laughs> Fetal abduction is a thing, and I need to buy more guns <laughs> and really, really put shit around our house. Because you can't trust anybody, apparently. No, no, not even people who say they're going to give you nice shit for free. Isn't that scary, though? Like, they're preying on these people, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's just, and that's not, like, I, I mean, and sometimes, I don't know how true it is. I'm not obviously looked in, but used to hear the stories when I was growing up, how people would get drunk and they'd cut their kidney out of them and leave them in yeah. a bathtub. And yeah. you're like, is that true or is that made up? You know, is it something to scare kids when they go to the bar? And then you hear shit like this <laughs> yeah, and you could, think maybe they did. It's, it certainly could be true. Like my God, every time I try to give humanity one little ounce of redemption, they take it. <laughs> they certainly do. Not that my stories help out with that anyways, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least yours are surviving, right? And they're that's not doing true. it to themselves. But mo- yeah, that's the thing. Most of yours are doing it to themselves. But so. it's kind of funny. So here we go again with a story about, um, you know, fetal abduction. And, and and probably my guess is they're either taking the baby for themselves to fake it or they're going to sell the baby, right? right. The well, yeah, that would be big money on the black market. So. Huge, right? So my question to start my story is, is what would you do for money? That question is asked a lot, right? You see it on stuff all over time, all over Facebook. Would you slap your mother for a million dollars? Would I can, you? I can tell you what I wouldn't do. <laughs> I wouldn't but, cut the baby out of a pregnant woman. I wouldn't. Right, do that. but you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like, can you? Could you? Uh, you know, if I gave you seven hundred million dollars, could you not have alcohol again for you know, right? Yeah, the rest yeah. of your life and stuff. So they have all these. Uh, things all the time right they even made that one movie remember with robert redford and uh oh yeah i think oh, it was demi, demi moore, moore yeah. yeah indecent proposal yeah and uh woody harrelson where they, an you old know, one. yeah but a million dollars <laughs> yeah. to sleep with your wife right yeah. like they made yeah. a movie about what would you do right yeah. 
and all they had to do is read one of your freaking stories. <laughs> they could have just found out just by listening to us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, uh, there's a lot of people out there that will do a lot of things for money. So in episode 12, I'm going to tell you where we're going to find our hero, our hero Johnny today. So Johnny, 23-year-old bouncer, was found uh, laying in a pool of blood just outside of town in a country road. When police arrived, they thought Johnny had been part of some sadistic ritual of mutation. He's dead? Johnny's dead? Johnny's dead when okay. they find him, yeah. Okay. Um, his left leg had been nearly severed off by a chainsaw, so it was Jesus. just dangling, hanging. Well, if my, if yours are going to do that, lady, <laughs> hold on. I'm getting the chainsaws out. Johnny's last act was actually to call the emergency line for help. But by the time anyone got to Johnny, um, all the blood loss and everything like that had caused Johnny to pass away. So the police were looking at it and going, was this a mugging gone wrong? And who, mugs, and who mugs people with a chainsaw? <laughs> right? And was this a random violent attack or uh, Johnny had upset somebody at the bar? He was a, I don't know if I mentioned that. The he was Texas a, Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, I <laughs> Did I mention that he was a 23-year-old bouncer from Italy? I think he said he was a bouncer. Yeah, like, so he was a 23-year-old. So they were thinking maybe something from the bar and right, somebody yeah. just grabbed something close or whatever, you know, or back to was it some kind of Satan thing right, going yeah. on or whatever, right? So... Uh, they looked at over all this stuff and like that, but uh, actually what it was, was Johnny was a victim of his own conspiracy, mm. and uh, he was about to commit insurance scam. He was going to cut his own leg off? In order to receive a half million dollar from numerous insurance policies that he had set up, all that was required was for him to be permanently dis have a, a permanent disability. So Johnny convinced his cousin to cut off his left leg with a chainsaw. Come on. Yep. Johnny Come was Come on, that's not worth a half a million dollars. Well, like it's not only that, but he decided that he knew enough knowledge about first aid that he was going to survive it himself. So he was going to nurse her and take care of himself until they showed up. Oh my god. He was wrong. I guess. While the investigation was going on, Johnny's cousin confessed he was the one that cut his leg off and and eventually killed Johnny. When he cut his leg off, he hit an artery, but they had planned the incident too close to whether or not emergency crews could get there in time. Oh my God. So they didn't want it to where he got there real quick and didn't give his cousin time to get out of there. Right, yeah. But they didn't want it so far away that Johnny was going to die. Right. Yeah, Johnny died. <laughs> but Johnny thought he could hold it off oh with, my um, God. with his like own Oh my God, like a tourniquet or whatever. Right, right, until they got there and then just kind of say, well, I was trying, fighting, and the guy went off. So his cousin took off when he saw Johnny starting to gasp and, and call emergency crews for help. He threw the chainsaw into the uh, the river and, and ran away. And ultimately, because he didn't go and help his cousin, he uh, he died. So did he get charged with murder? Uh, it never says what he got charged with or anything like that. But they were telling this story to insurance claimers. Like, you know, I mean, as a yeah. you know, things that people will do for that. And the one insurance adjuster claimed, um, he goes, this reminds him of another story. So this is telling you how much people will do for money, okay? A man cut off his little finger and submitted a claim. So he cut off his pinky and said, hey, you know, you got to pay me out. I cut right. my finger out. And they said, no, um, that's not how this works. It has to be underneath your wrist. So you have to lose like yeah. your limb or whatever yeah. like that. So um, I guess this guy must have needed some money or whatever. Um, and he didn't listen to what he said. But six months later, he cut off his ring finger. <laughs> Yeah, and tried to submit it again. And once again, the insurance company said, no. <laughs> Go try again. Yeah, it's not your risk. But 
<laughs> yeah. So these that so talk about like losing faith in humanity. These guys that do these insurance claims. Yeah, they, and they like must you be, said, like, uh, the most jaded human beings. And not only that, but a half a million dollars to never walk again. Yeah. No. No. Like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. There's people that go on to do great, successful things, right? But a half a million dollars, yeah. and you're doing it to yourself. Like you're an abled body. Yeah. No. That seems. Right? And obviously, you must have been in some kind of decent shape. Like you, you don't see too many bounce. Well, I guess right. you see some heavier set bouncers and stuff. But I mean, he's a bouncer. He's working in society right. he's got a job so i don't know i guess uh anyways i checked it out so i looked it up and yeah canadian insurance frauds mostly of them are auto but they cost us around two billion dollars a year because of fraud fraudulent claims and stuff well no like wonder that. our premiums cost so much yeah 10 percent of payouts that they do throughout a year are, are fraudulent wow so yeah two billion dollars wow. and they turn around and like yeah we're the ones that have to pay the premiums yeah. or we're the ones that have to pay the insert like why is my insurance going up when i haven't had an accident well it's because of that stuff right yeah so it seems like our whole theme today without even knowing is about people not liking to go to work and people trying to make money any way they can right. so the next story here kind of fades uh not fades kind of goes along with that as well so i don't like going to work I, I, i'm glad i'm thankful i have a job yeah i'm thankful that i can provide for my family and stuff like that but it's not my dream job <laughs> that i wake up every morning no going, i think Yay. most people dream that they're gonna win the lottery and never have to do it again yeah or there's some people out there i'm sure they got there you know they went through and they did what they had to do and they've got oh, their they've they got, like going to yeah. work and they do and you know and i'm sure, sure there's you know there's, there's people that actually enjoy their jobs yeah and it, i mean yeah. i don't know my jobs give or take right like i love working with the people and stuff like that i do but you know, there's other aspects I don't be like. On a beach. <laughs> I'd rather be on a beach. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't even like the beach, so I would rather just be somewhere warm, playing around with my jeeps iguanas. or my iguanas or <laughs> lizards or snakes and stuff like that. However, trying to beat the system by stealing or robbing is usually not the best way to go about it, as proof in the last story. Oh, yeah. And um, yet, so many people try it. So here we go again. In my next story, two men try to earn money by illegally stealing elk antlers out of Yellowstone Park. So the elk antlers get shedded off and stuff yeah. like that, and you're not really supposed to take them out of um, the park. Know, out of the park. Uh, there is a season that's now been opened up or something where you can take so much out. You can go like collect them. You can go collect them, but there's only so much. It's like you're only allowed so much to take out. And how and many so could there possibly be? Well, it's a very lucrative business. Really? And if you get up there and take enough. So these guys are getting about $7 a pound. And a good set, just one set, would be about 30 pounds. So oh. these guys, um, uh, they actually found out. They, well, so their story goes is that they didn't have, they didn't know how to get them out of there. Because they couldn't load up, they could load a pickup truck full of them. Holy crap. But you had to go through a ranger station so they would see them. And if they wanted to hike them out. It would be too many trips and they would never be able to make enough and it wouldn't be able to make so much money out of it. I had no idea they'd be able to even collect that money. Uh, apparently there's, yeah, like uh, I went on and was reading some of the stats on there and there's tons of them and there's actually different kinds like brown I'm surprised and white. that like the wolves or coyotes or whatever that they have there don't eat them. I know that a lot of them will like grab, if they find an elk antler, they use them like our dogs would use a rawhide, right? Like Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just reading the story. Yeah. I didn't get into all that. <laughs> so anyways, um, so they thought we're going to do it. We're going to take them out by river. Right. Right. So they thought they'd go get a, a boat and they would uh, make the trip through the river at night. Okay. So our two geniuses thought, now you don't hunt, right? No. 
um, if you don't hunt or you um, or maybe grew up your whole life in the in the city, I'm pretty sure that everybody out here listening to this podcast and everybody from probably age, I'm going to say seven and up, probably knows that antlers are sharp. They're pointy. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually told a story about antlers okay. tearing a guy apart. I feel like you're just about to tell me they're doing this in a dinghy. You got it. <laughs> oh so our two geniuses <laughs> got a rubber raft. <laughs> Yep. Oh, no. uh, to make this trip. <laughs> they also decided that to do this would be the best time to do this would be in early spring. So in early spring. When the water is very, very cold. And high because oh, of the yes. snow. And this river's already got rapids and that are dangerous in it. Yeah. It makes them even more dangerous. Oh. So they picked the perfect boat and the perfect time to do this. Brilliant. Absolutely, Absolutely. brilliant. So they went and they loaded up their big rubber boat and they both hop in. And yeah, it was about five minutes after they got down the river, it started bouncing. The antlers started punching holes oh all through the raft. God. Uh, they started going, hitting in the rapids and stuff. So the one guy was actually able to swim to shore. Yeah. But the other guy they found a week later up on a beach area in the park wow. um, that he, uh, he actually died. So yeah. So if you're going to steal, <laughs> maybe do some planning, do a little thought behind it. <laughs> You know, pokey <laughs> and, and air and rubber don't go well together. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> File the ends off or something. Do I wonder, what something. Are they, how are they selling them? Who's buying them? I don't know. Like I said, when I got to go on there, they were like, I don't know who's buying them. I don't know if it's for people outside of the park or, or down so they can have them in front of their fireplace uh -huh, and, or guess, what they're doing yeah. or for arts and crafts. Or, I mean, we've gone in some stores when we're down there where they have them on plaques and stuff, yeah, right? So true. I don't know. I think I've actually seen them in dog food stores too as like two like they yeah so i don't know i don't know if that's like i said seven dollars a pound that was back then so i i um when this story was which i think if i remember correctly was actually 1985 or 1990. oh so they probably gone way up since so then. when i was looking at today now it and now they break it right down so if it's a brown antler or white antler or different color of antlers yeah. which i didn't even know there was i thought they were all kind of the same so that was new on me it can go anywhere from seven dollars still all the way up to 15 to 20 dollars a wow. pound depending on them. so i mean if you're pulling enough out but there must have been enough people that were doing this because, like I said, there's now a season, but it's like a couple of months here and there where you can actually go in wow. and, and get them and stuff. And I don't even know if the season is set up where they do most of the shedding. And again, people are probably thinking, you know what, it's cheaper for me to, or it's easier for me to spend a hundred bucks. Yeah. Because if that's what people are paying to get the antlers, what what's the actual, right? what yeah. are they actually selling them for, right? Yeah. But I would rather just spend a hundred dollars and go out and walk and try to find it myself because God forbid <laughs> I go out in the nature and do some walking and, and see some amazing sights. Yeah, especially I, in I, Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want to go to Yellowstone <laughs> yeah. and see that? You and I have both been to Yellowstone. Oh, yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I recommend going there. So anyways, that brings me to the end of my stories. Um, my advice is get a job that you like. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't it's try. way better than trying to steal <laughs> or try to steal women and, and like, try to unless trafficking. You're, unless you're a doctor, cutting at body parts in both of our stories is probably not recommended no especially not for a half a million dollars for insurance my right, god right anyways we are at our call to action so yep. everybody that's listening we're at 564 listens if you're keeping up so thank you we are yeah. going up that's a great um still having fun still having fun <laughs> yeah. until she told that story today i don't know <laughs> i might have to reevaluate this he's gonna have nightmares <laughs> um <laughs> 
How do they get to send us an email if they'd like to send us one of their uh, stories for me to read at deadersurvivepodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. And we also heard back from our last uh, listener episode that we did. Yeah. And she said that you did okay, but it was me that held the story together. <laughs> Thanks sure. again to Michelle for sharing her story. <laughs> and again, anybody else that wants to, again, uh, as Cheryl just stated, it's deadersurvivepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out on Instagram, or you can go on to Facebook. And the link for this episode will be up later tonight. So yep. hopefully you're out there sharing it, listening it, enjoying it. And we'll keep uh, producing or keep making them for you and produce, I guess, producing them, right? Yeah, producing I is the right so. word, putting them out there. Ooh, we're producers. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what we'll go with. And uh, yeah, so again, thanks for joining us. Yeah. I, oh, wait a minute. You we got to do that. You still have to do your dad joke. Well, yeah. You didn't do, You didn't get one ready, did you? I got oh, one. Okay. It's just, it's a, I got one. So how come you can't hear pterodactyls pee? Why? Because the P is silent? Yeah, or they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one. Yeah. Insert insert ending. Right. <laughs> okay. I'll let that one go because of my story. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to let that one go? That's a good one. You can say because the P is silent or you can say because they're dead. It has two endings. You can judge your audience. And, choose, choose your own adventure. And you can judge your audience and say they're going to think this ending is more funny. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, that's what we got for you for episode 12. Uh, episode 13 coming up in a week. Yep. And we'll see you then. Bye.